Angie Coombs, The Waterfall Journey. Episode 12, The Inner Journey, Part 3, Development of Problems. In order to cooperate fully in our healing, it helps to know how we were designed to function in spirit-to-spirit harmony with our Father in Heaven. Imagine yourself as a vertical pipe with the water of life thundering through, bringing life. A pure, unblocked channel for the love of the Father flowing through you and beyond. Adam and Eve were such channels before the fall. We are created with three functioning parts. Firstly, our spirit. Secondly, our soul, our inner story, comprised of our thinking, feeling and choices. And thirdly, the body, our physical presence. In the garden, our spirit was uppermost, connected to and aligned to the will and the purpose of the Father. This meant our soul, our inner story, was of one mind with the Father, and so our actions and choices and feelings were all pure and good. This was seen in the bodily area as Adam and Eve walked out godly living in harmony with the Father. However, as a result of the fall, there was a fundamental shift. The design of mankind was literally turned on its head. Self and worldly considerations came to the surface, and the spiritual life of man became sidelined and shrunk. We were no longer open channels, but more cone-shaped. As Adam and Eve were put out of Eden, God made it clear that physical effort was going to be required just to survive. Selfishness, ego and bodily needs were now uppermost and would be our priority. In a world of fractured relationships, each individual was driven to get their own needs met. Physical living became pressing and insistent in its perceived urgency. I need to trample over others so I do not lose out. Experience, greed and selfishness meant that beliefs, feelings and choices were very far from godly. And thus the spiritual life was squeezed to insignificance as I played God in my life. Here is the death the Father spoke of in Genesis. Cut off from the waterfall of life, this is all about now need, emptiness and pain. Let's just look at these three areas of body, soul and spirit again. Our physical life has two elements. We have a bodily form and we physically walk throughout the days of our life with events and experiences shaping us. Firstly, we have a story. It's made up of day-to-day living, the triumphs and disasters, the relationships and the circumstances we each have enjoyed or endured. And secondly, we each have a shape to fill, an image we were created to be, with defined borders, a space to occupy, 
that as we come to maturity is a sacred space where the Holy Spirit dwells. However, in the fallen world, as we travel, that image is buffeted and attacked from all sides. We become invaded and our borders can break down. There are many forms of abuse, emotional, psychological, physical and sexual, and all of them are invasions across our borders. Our lives graphically expose the long-lasting effects of such incursions. The truth is that none of us can get through life without damage, whether we are aware of it or not. Then our soul is our inner story, fed by the outward and physical experience of our lives, where we translate what happens to us into our beliefs about ourselves and the world. These lay down our expectations, our attitudes, our prejudices and our fears, which in turn affect our choice of action and behaviours, and thus our consequent feelings. Then we have a spiritual being, our identity. We use the evidence of our experience to wrap ourselves in a sense of identity that will influence our destiny. Without inner transformation, this identity is rarely who God created us to be, but is heavily influenced by who we think the world says we are. So who am I? What sustains me? What fills me and inspires me? Do I believe what the world says about me, or do I believe what God says? Let's remember that God's intention and best plan was for all of us to get our needs met in Him, in the waterfall, trusting God and continually filled with His love. There, our identity secure in who He says we are, we would know that we are loved and belong, that we have value and worth, that our lives have meaning and purpose. However, the independent life of the fallen world is full of striving and emptiness whether we are aware of it or not, all of us have a well of pain within us. Let's just think about the families that we are born into. God's design was for us to be in families with each partner drawing from their intimate relationship with the Father in the waterfall. The constant, overwhelming infilling of love was to fuel parents' earthly relationships and to pour into and fill the love tanks of their children. Our God has a father's heart and a mother's heart, for both give different aspects of love to us. This is mirrored in the earthly family, as fathers and mothers together give their children the same characteristics, which are essential to health, development and well-being. A child should receive from the love of a father unconditional acceptance and unconditional love, security and significance, and from a mother the unconditional acceptance and unconditional love and also nurture and comfort. We are designed to have parents who having a surfeit of love for each other pour that love into their children, 
filling their hearts and love tanks to overflowing. The love of the Father helps us to build a clear sense of identity, to know our worth in a safe and welcoming place. The love of our Mother connects us to the place of belonging and holding. Thus the parents model the love of God to our children until they are old enough to develop their own relationship with the Father in the waterfall. We are open to life's hurts from birth. Babies come into a world for which they are not prepared. Babies are created to be 100% loved. When life does not deliver absolute love, and how can it? For no parent is undamaged, and the circumstances of life are less than perfect. Babies notice the lapses. They want to know, am I safe? Can I trust big people? In the first 18 months of our lives, we will have decided whether our responses through life will be based on trust or mistrust. Before the toddler is three years old, shame and self-doubt can be cemented into the belief system if relationships or circumstances deliver uncertainty or confusion. I picked up shame being hospitalized for six weeks at the age of two with a fractured skull in an era when parents were not allowed to stay with their child. Why would they leave me? It could only be because I was unlovable and they could not stand pain. Those two beliefs, unbeknown to me, framed my life for 50 years before they were rectified. When unsure, the little person will always believe there is something wrong with them, as they can only judge subjectively. Overwhelmingly, we pick up negative beliefs and they will underpin the way we frame our world view until our thinking is changed. Shame is one of the most damaging negative beliefs that most of us will pick up. Once shame has been laid down in our belief system during our early childhood, we will add to it as the years go by. Let's see the sort of consequences it has on our inner life. We can become damaged from such things as a lack of consistent parenting, the circumstances in our early years, our family culture, deprivation of all kinds, being different, being shamed by authority figures. I well remember at the age of five not having the obligatory handkerchief to wave at morning assembly and the damning words of the teacher. What sort of beliefs does this mean we hold about ourselves? Typically, I'm a mistake, I'm bad, I'm a loser, I'm less than everyone else, no one can like me, I'm unlovable, I will be rejected, I cannot get it right, and if I'm in control, I will be safe. This leads to this sort of issues where I can be driven but never satisfied, feeling I never make the grade. I can be critical and feel better when putting others down, but I can be crushed by criticism. I have no sense of belonging, so I have a fear of close relationships. I fear being wrong, so making decisions is difficult. 
and there are consequences to shame. We may live with a sense of abandonment and rejection. We may find the need to numb the pain or fill the emptiness with food, sex or drugs. We may exhibit victim behaviours, lacking boundaries or being a people pleaser. We may be performance orientated, be judgmental of others and have undealt issues with anger and bitterness. For most of us, dealing with shame is a life's work. There are many different ways we are damaged and we go through life as icebergs with so much beneath the surface that dictates how we experience life. What is seen by others above the waterline is our behaviour, moods, body language and demeanour. But below the surface there is our history and circumstances with the traumas, hurts and illnesses we have suffered, our schooling, occupation, the mistakes we have made, our attitudes and prejudices, the buried emotions, the resentments and the unconscious drivers of our behaviour. Being driven by hurt and wounds is not what God created us for. But we are learning. We can work with God as he seeks to restore us. We're going to look at the tools that the Holy Spirit has given us to work with him in his ministry as he transforms us back to God's best. We're going to look at drawing the timeline of our journey. The following exercise is illuminating. It's helpful to review our journey and so be able to reflect on the links and patterns of our lives for we will find insights here to light our onward path. It also has great value when exploring an area of difficulty. It is a revelation to see the cyclical patterns of behaviour through our lives and can provide specific clues through the events that come to mind that enlighten the area being explored. In our day-to-day -day walk through life, every incident, every loss, every high and low point is significant because it feeds our inner world. It sets the way we characterize our life, whether it's a tragedy, a penal sentence, an endurance race, a fantasy, a comedy or a mystery. Take a risk, open yourself up to the Holy Spirit. Allow God to show you if he wants to do some work in you right now. Have courage, what God starts he will finish. Drawing a timeline helps every time God embarks on a new work in you, for it allows the Holy Spirit to throw up from your unconscious events he wants you to consider. So draw a line across a page, left to right, from birth to now. Taking no longer than 40 minutes, plot the events that come to mind in chronological order, left to right. Place positive events above the line and negative events below the line. Then join the dots, again in chronological order, like a medical chart. Sit then and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you anything he wants you to see about your story. 
Look for recurring patterns, links and influences. Recording your findings can be very helpful. Listen to God. Don't go digging, hold lightly and we will use this useful tool as we advance further. Any questions about your timeline, address to the Holy Spirit. In the next episode, we will consider how a spider diagram can help bring enlightenment as we explore our inner story further. <laughs>